0: Do you know any
1: ghosts who might be haunting you or me?
0: Uh, dude, I know like at least four or five ghosts. What about... None of them live here with me. I tried to convince them to move in. Mm-hmm. But they said that I have a bad habit of leading, leaving dishes out and spilling salt. They really don't like that I keep spilling salt.
1: the encyclopedia branches my name is tim dobbs with me as ever through the internet her name katherine i never thought i'd see you here
0: <laughs> it's me your twin sister katherine identical twin sister i was in brazil the whole time and i'm here <laughs> to get my liver back from you that you stole from me
1: i needed that liver uh let's see this is a, a topic-based podcast in which uh uh myself tim dobbs and my friend slash evil twin katherine discuss topics nice. um and um
0: what is evil really <laughs> well i mean
1: interesting you should mention that so our topic this week is soap operas Slash, uh, this organ I've got laying around. Um, and, uh, it's interesting you mentioned what is evil really, because, Kevin, what's like a, what is a soap opera? Like, what, what would you make, say a soap opera makes it different from just regular old TV?
0: It keeps going every single week. It's more than just 20 some episodes and then that's a season. Mm. It keeps going and going and going and going. Um, it's melodramatic. It goes on for years at a time. Uh... And you tend to, like, because you spend so much time with these characters, you really get to explore the heck out of plot points until they become less and less interesting, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, and it's it's just like, you know how they say yeah. a short story is just very efficient storytelling? Yeah. This is the opposite of that.
1: Yeah um so i want to read you a quote this is from uh, robert lloyd writing in the la times uh i think this was in 2012 um but he writes uh although melodramatically eventful soap operas such as this also have a luxury of space that makes them seem more naturalistic indeed the economics of the form demand long scenes and conversations that a 22 episodes per season weekly series might dispense with and half a dozen lines of dialogue may be drawn out as here four pages uh yeah okay i mostly read that right uh he continues you spend more time even with the minor characters the apparent villains grow less apparently villainous and that it speaks to your point that like who is the villain here i don't know listen this person a lot of very long scenes i we had so much room everybody's
0: done something wrong Mm -hmm. (laughs) at this point
1: i mean because it just keeps going and tumbling over itself and you're like i don't know it's just all on listen we're complicated beings all of us here in soap opera land
0: And this is how, like, if you sit down with your aunt who's watching her stories, she's like, well, she's her twin sister, but they had plastic surgery and she's looking for the money that's buried in in Alfred's Cove. But Alfred is dead, but he's not actually dead. He just thinks he's dead. And he's actually Ronaldo." (laughs) (laughs) And you get these like crazy long explanations when you just sort of sit down with somebody to watch a, a, a soap opera. Because, like, so much has happened because there's so much space for stuff to happen.
1: And I think that so much has happened because the the initial point of a soap opera was, well, we got a lot of airtime to fill. Uh, what's a cheap way to fill it? And uh, I don't know. who Who wants to see this? Like, who is going to be around in the middle of the day a lot of times? So that's why the targeting towards housewives, towards, like, this kind of, like, typical uh. soap opera viewer. Um,
0: okay, i would have targeted it towards unemployed sons and daughters you hmm. know millennials and how lazy they are
1: sure yeah well i mean if they were to do that it would be more like um i can't believe you ate my avocado etc so forth millennial jokes uh
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh therapy animals safe spaces uh snowflakes
1: well it would be kind of interesting to see a like uh you know the safe and the snowflakes or something
0: I would so watch that.
1: Yeah.
0: I would set it in Aspen.
1: Right. That makes and sense. It would be
0: about bank robbers who are interested in safes.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, well, I don't know. Is that so? So here's the other key, or one of many keys to soap operas. I feel like the very, very basic key is that it must be cheap to produce. Like, you must be able to put out a lot of content. Um, yeah. And I worry that. Uh, bank robbers that's not easy to produce so soap operas typically their action scenes happen in dialogue like i can't believe blank just happened he murdered her or he jumped off that thing or whatever uh and then uh also there they typically have like yeah here are the three sets that anyone is ever on in this show they're that luke's house laura's (laughs) house or the vineyard
0: the hotel yeah Mm.
1: yeah you're right it wouldn't be a vineyard that's outside that's hard to light that's that's too complicated
0: it's the hotel yeah (laughs) Uh, or the casino. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's actually very comforting to, when you're consuming a soap opera because it gives you a really strong sense of place. Like, <laughs> not to get too Sex and the City on you here, but it's like the hotel, the casino, is a character.
1: hmm. How is that Sex and the City?
0: Oh, because New York is a character.
1: Oh, I see. <laughs> I was actually thinking. I feel like uh, in Sex and the City, uh, Carrie's column is a place. You know, like you you don't so true. Yeah, the scenes yeah, aren't that... set there, but it's very comforting to be brought back to just like. Meanwhile, Miranda was blank. She was so blank. Did she
0: use her friend's real names? Because that seems crazy, crappy of her. I mean, I
1: would uh, would that have been a good column to read? I don't know. I, I doesn't seem I like think it.
0: it, it... Makes Okay, it makes Carrie seem like a terrible human being, first mm-hmm. of all. Second of all, it, like, really throws into question, like, who are these people that are so okay with... Like, they continue to spend, like, what is it, seven seasons with this woman who just tells all of New York their deepest, darkest, like, mistakes, fears, concerns, um, hopes and dreams, which is fine. It's <laughs> fine. But, like, <laughs> to, I just... Why would you stay friends with her if you know she's just going to tell all of New York? I guess what what all your biz?
1: I am also like having trouble with the concept of like being a reader of uh that column in New York. Do you know what paper she was published in? Or was it a magazine or uh
0: Oh, the Great Lady.
1: Uh <laughs> was this like a Gotham City thing where like they don't call it the New York Times? It's like uh oh, you're published in the Lady. <laughs>
0: that's a that's a slang name for the new york Times.
1: no i know i know i know but like i i was wondering if they actually called it the Great lady to be so wait oh, a second i
0: have no idea. i don't think i've ever watched a full episode of sex
1: okay because i was about all to say all
0: i know i smithsonian museum of pop culture
1: uh i mean if you're gonna learn from somewhere why not there
0: carrie's mac or imac is in. yeah
1: oh come on museums couldn't we do better? I don't know. Doesn't it seem like we could do better?
0: I would love to play with you sometime. Uh, maybe it's a bonus episode or something. Like, a sort of like a bracket as mm-hmm. far as, like, what... So, there's, like, 32 items from the Smithsonian Museum of Pop Culture. Right. Um, and then we kind of have a bracket to see, like, what is the one item we can...
1: Oh, yeah. That does sound fun. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll do that someday. But. All right. I want to talk to you about publications. Uh-huh. So, in light of this episode, I went out and bought myself, fresh from the checkout line at the grocery store, a little copy of what we call soap opera digest. So feel that. Ooh.
0: What is up soap opera digest? I've never held one in my hot little hands before.
1: Oh, they're so chintzy. It's just like, yeah, we took some glossy long paper and folded it and stapled it. Um <laughs> So this is soap opera digest. There is also CBS soaps, ABC soaps, and NBC soaps. Um, and they're all, like, the exact same form factor. I suspect they're all published by the same person, but I'm not sure. Um Probably, yeah. Yeah. So,
0: like, when soap opera digest do everything then? Or do they just do things that are none of the, the giants?
1: Oh, right here at the top, I'll, I'll tell you. It says the only magazine that covers all the soaps. Now.
0: Really? Do they cover Jane the Virgin? My soap opera growing up? uh the past four years i was born (laughs) and what is it like 2015
1: i mean that's an interesting question uh when you were born i mean it's a mystery to us all uh we're all very confused it's an interesting question i say again um i don't know i mean that it it does raise the interesting question of what is a soap opera because soap opera interesting question i mean uh the, certainly surely to the consumers of soap opera digest uh it's at least a little interesting um cuz soap opera digest only covers the big 4 daily uh major network soap operas um down from apparently so now there there are only 4 like of the like traditional american daytime soap operas running still many of them have canceled due to falling ratings etc um uh, do you think
0: appar- nobody's just at home
1: I think that's a lot of it. I mean, there's, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, but uh, why don't we discuss that when we come back in a moment on Encyclopedia Brunch. And we're back talking about soap operas. Soap operas. That's right. Get your soap here. Um, apparently, uh, I think it was "As the World Turns" or it might have been "Guiding Light." Was still produced by Procter and Gamble Studios uh, until it uh, went off the air in like 2012.
0: Really? Yeah, I,
1: I, I kind of have to assume that maybe they, that that like was just a name and it wasn't really affiliated with the company anymore. But uh, pretty great.
0: Procter and Gamble did paper products if i'm not mistaken
1: uh they do like um personal care uh i think they do paper products as well but um yeah okay. this is the original oh, what i'm
0: thinking is there was a lot of like throwing a cocktail on someone's face and like oh let me wipe that up with this napkin <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah the bounty man just sort of walks into every scene and is like i'll help you <laughs> um Right, so so this is the original namesake of uh, soap operas, right? Is they were originally a scheme to sell soap to housewives. Really? Yeah. Um, they were. Uh, so, so you know, in the old timey, so soap operas started. Let me take you back to I think it was the 1920s or no 1930s. Um, the first soap opera was produced. Uh, and it was all on the radio, of course, because that was radio time. But uh. Like many of um, many of those old timey radio shows or whatever, you just sort of have these like live reads about you know like well and uh, you know I wonder what those kids will get up to next week. In the meantime, use Palmolive soap, the greatest soap. Blah 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 blah. blah. Um, yeah. In fact, I listened to uh, what is widely considered the first soap opera for radio. Um, that would be these like little like eleven to fifteen minute like stints, uh, and it was brought to you by uh Palmolive soap. Um, and I had that like, you know, brassy newsreader at the beginning, but my God, was it boring? It was so boring. (laughs) It was called Clara, Lou, and M. And, um, yeah, it was just like these three ladies in New York. Uh, the one I listened to, they like went on a handsome cab ride. That was it. It was, it was just like, they, they get uncomfortable and change seats at some point. They ask the guy to pull over to find a water fountain at some point. That's it. This is, this is the show.
0: Okay very sex in the city i'm hearing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Lou was trying to get it comfortable like... in her seat.
0: <laughs> so maybe what they were missing was a Samantha.
1: Mm, that's exactly it.
0: Do you think I like yeah. the idea
1: that in the 1930s uh when we get around and be like I'm really the M of the group. I'm such an M, don't you think?
0: Takes me a long time to get comfortable in my seat. <laughs>
1: um yeah i so uh what were we talking about we were talking about the decline of um soap operas right
0: now i'm really curious about the origin of those cosmo quizzes like when did those start uh, that's a good <laughs> what question idea was that?
1: i don't know i don't know when uh maybe maybe uh maybe we should make this a theme month and just do all like uh stereotypically women's things
0: oh i hate this idea uh it makes me feel very uncomfortable. Mm. Um and I just I don't know how to can handle a theme like that with care and mm. also be cohesive. Uh
1: all good points. All right, the theme month's canceled.
0: Great news everybody. Next week we're doing boy stuff. <laughs> all right,
1: sure. Let's do uh
0: swords.
1: Yeah, swords, trucks. Um I don't know. I think that's it, right? That's all I do.
0: Slugs and snails and puppy dog tails.
1: Right. i uh, also those two.
0: So I'm a little bit confused about that. Can we get into that?
1: Uh, Puppy dog tails and all that stuff?
0: My question, sir, since this is the Q&A portion of the podcast. Mm-hmm. um, My question for you is that, is that bad? Because I love puppy dogs and puppy dogs are great. Is that bad because you've sliced the tail off the puppy dog? Or is yeah. it something that's greenish about the puppy dog?
1: I assume it's a dog fighting reference. You know, like they'll often dock a, a, like a pit bull's tail or something, you know? So I think that's what I think that's what little boys are all about—dog fighting.
0: That's pretty violent.
1: Yeah, yeah. They love um. What is it? What else is in that? They love escargot. They love dog fighting. Um, is that it? What What else is in the rhyme?
0: And gr- little girls love sugar and spice, so they love Mexican hot chocolate.
1: Hmm. Well, they're not wrong. Um. So this raises the question: Now that we're talking about demographics. And also, uh, why, um, why soap operas are going off the air. From a peak in 1970 of 19 different daily soap operas going on. I can't follow one. I don't know how 19 could possibly have been supported by the, the people. <laughs> um, but we're down to four. And so the question is, like, why? Why why, why is it going down? Who's watching them? Like, what are the demographics?
0: Why is going down? The nation is asking. <laughs>
1: I feel like you're, uh, you're, this is an ad hominem attack. Uh, when we could be having a civil debate on the soap operas I'm trying to support by buying, paying $5 at the grocery store for this terrible magazine. <laughs> it's not even full size.
0: Well, why is going down, Tim?
1: Okay. So, um, one thought I have is, uh, just by looking at the ads in Soap Opera Digest, uh, let's see. The ad on the back is for, uh, our easiest, most comfortable bra ever, with uh, snaps in the back, which are great for arthritic hands. Um,
0: oh, snaps instead of hooks.
1: Yeah, uh, there are. There's one for a walk-in bathtub here. Um, I see some uh, Omaha steaks. Uh, what else do they sell? Oh, an iPad app for Soap Opera Digest. Um, so anyway, I guess my point here. Oh, and a crossword and a Sudoku. <laughs> um, is that? Uh... <laughs>
0: That's amazing. I
1: imagine, actually, I want to kind of look at this. Cr-
0: Let's think. Cr- is the crossword hints soap opera things?
1: No, but I don't know if you know where I'm going here with this. arthritic hands, walk in tub, crosswords. I have a sense of what maybe the demographics of modern soap opera watchers are. What do you think?
0: Punk rockers.
1: Yeah, yeah, just like real blimey like hardcore london burning yeah. you know poor, oh they're
0: they're english are they
1: <laughs> poorly accented That's not even <laughs> That's not even an accent
0: it got a little it got a little boston uppercrest there
1: the oh yes of course yes <laughs> hey this is a factoid that uh i think you know but i'm still excited about is that the mid-atlantic accent just means it's halfway between an american and a british accent
0: that is, re- I guess, that makes sense because it's mid in the Atlantic.
1: And yet, ocean. I went all these years assuming that it just meant like Maryland, Pennsylvania, kind of Delaware. You know,
0: well, they're the the mo- They still re- retain the deepest roots to the motherland.
1: Yeah, of course, that's why we call Delaware Little England.
0: <laughs> Lil, L I L apostrophe.
1: Yeah, it's it's Delaware's rap name.
0: <laughs> Lil England.
1: Oh, man, I wasn't sure that we should have all of our states have different sort of like uh, uh, genre personas. But like now that California's right. really become just like a like a real EDM kid, I'm feeling pretty good.
0: Let's see. OK, what is Wisconsin's genre?
1: Wisconsin is really into like Eagles era L.A. classic rock.
0: Oh, what's up that California Sound? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's that's Wisconsin's rock name. It's Wisconsin's stage name is California Sound.
0: But I feel like California is like really indie.
1: You think so? Just like so indie that hey, well okay.
0: So indie. they're e- like um Streetlight Manifesto indie.
1: Hmm. I see. See, I think of Australian Manifesto as like kind of like pop punk indie.
0: Okay, and what state? What state is pop punk indie? Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. So close to
1: Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're building up a good little uh, uh, scene up there in the Upper Midwest.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, so what is California then?
1: Uh, I told you, it's hardcore EDM.
0: Hardcore EDM. That's a little obnoxious, but that makes a lot of sense. Okay, California. and of course I have to ask. I have to ask.
1: <laughs> okay, that's what is that? That's like a that's a Middle Earth accent, which again doesn't mean like Lord <laughs> yeah. of the Rings. It means like halfway between America and like Ru- the and eastern China. side of Russia. <laughs> yeah, like.
0: <laughs> uh, I have to ask. Um, what about Washington State?
1: Uh, Washington State is is the Kingsman. It's not a genre. It's literally just the uh, people who did that one version of Louie Louie.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense.
1: You've got a thing and you're sticking with it. I love it.
0: It's a good song. It's real catchy. Yeah, And it's so much better than our actual state song.
1: See Washington, our episode on my milestones. You don't have to go
0: back to that episode. I'll sing it again right now. I'll never give up the song, Washington, my home. Back in a moment
1: on Encyclopedia Brunch.
0: I heard a valley's free
2: across the silvery Street.
1: And we're back on Encyclopedia Brunch talking about soap operas. I can't believe we would betray you like this. Um.
0: Um. I. I not talking about a foodstuff.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Encyclopedia Brunch. Stuff in your pantry and stuff in your bathroom. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. And now we're branching out to stuff on your TV.
0: <laughs> Tim and Catherine talk about what they were looking at about 10 minutes before they agreed to record uh
1: and that's the deal yeah um well so as part of this betrayal uh perhaps perhaps i will or the listener will turn 180 degrees from us and face away from us which is like that's the classic like so- soap opera thing right is that like there two people are facing each other and talking and then the other one goes yeah. <gasps> and then they turn completely around and cross their uh, arms and then just sort of like right. look in the other
0: direction, which it didn't and occur then to your me. Over the shoulder shot becomes a mm-hmm. both people in shot.
1: Exactly. So this is a way of doing a two person in the shot while getting both faces full head on, which allows you to be more expressive.
0: That's so interesting because you know when I think of that technique, you know what I think of? What's that? Anime.
1: Oh, interesting. Uh, I I'm not picturing that. Like, what's a? Can you like spin up an example or like?
0: Yes, you know a lot of like the fist clenched looking up to the sky with like the person in the background looking like oh boy this guy's so serious oh
1: that's true yeah yeah and the sort of just like very serious guy someone taking the piss out of them Yes. Huh.
0: and i wonder if maybe this is another way that we see um sort of western pop culture having a big influence on japanese animation
1: it's true because i mean anime is it, it can be very melodramatic Um, and we talked about in our anime episode how, like, it does have a focus on expressiveness of of characters' faces, which is, um, yeah, one reason that, like, the faces can be so big. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I like this. Well, and, and the other thing I think it really speaks to, like, both these cases is that, like, oh, film is not experience. Like, something being filmed is fundamentally different than viewing something with your eyes. Um, because you film has to deal with this problem of like, I want to show two people's faces at once to get across two ideas. And that never happens because, you know, like, I don't know, but like, you know, if I'm talking to two people, they might both look at me, which is like a normal thing. What does not happen in real life is I'm upset with you. And so I just turn around completely and look in the other direction, but keep talking to you. This never happens. Yeah.
0: would be What? What did you say? (laughs) Excuse me?
1: I'm mad at you. (laughs) I'm going to keep looking over here what um yeah so i thought that was really interesting and the other thing i thought that is it's it it keeps walking this line of like soap operas being naturalistic versus melodramatic because like we talked earlier about like there's just so much space that you get to like really understand people and like scenes can take forever um and one thing that's kind of interesting walking this line is that i forgot about this but like it's totally a soap opera thing, which is that often scenes will end, like you'll be a scene between two people. It'll cut to something else because there's a million characters and it comes back and it's the exact moment that they left, like, and the scene continues, which is like, you know, most TV shows don't do that. Like when you're away from that scene, time is passing, you know, there's a, there's you can show like, yeah, um, I don't know. That's weird, right?
0: It's super weird. Yeah.
1: I think I mean maybe part of that is like well we got a lot of time to fill we might as well just like film every moment um but like in a way that's very naturalistic in that like oh you experience it with them there's no compressed time um which is like again another way that filming like tells you a story in a way that you cannot experience in real life uh so in a way it's more naturalistic but in a way it's not because it just feels weird
0: I mean, it also feels weird what they're talking about in an insane situation that would never, ever happen. Like, so-and-so and so-and-so so's betraying so-and-so's mistress because so-and-so has all the money from the bank robber who is also has a heart of gold because...
1: Et cetera.
0: ...they <laughs> had a bad childhood because the first so-and-so is a jerk, oh, secretly. Oh,
1: shoot. First so-and-so. Um... <laughs> Okay, so I speaking of, I, w- I want to read you some of the soap opera digest. Um, I think maybe uh, let's see. Here is the hot plots preview. How
0: about hot this? Hot plots, hot plots. We clean up the town.
1: Uh, all right. So let's see. Uh, this is. Uh, by the way, do you know what the four, um, the four soap operas are? How many can you name?
0: No. Is Days of Our Lives still online?
1: Yes, that's one. You're 25% yes! of the way there.
0: Chicago Hope. I think that one's done now. It's done. Okay. Uh, no, I don't know. Uh,
1: One of them is a hospital. General hospital.
0: Uh, General hospital. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so old.
1: It's so old. I actually started to watch the very uh, first episode ever aired. It's all black and white. It's very, like, 1950s-seeming, Um, but it's on YouTube, so check that out. Um, the right. other two are, uh, Blank and Blank shows. Does does that joke remember at all?
0: Blank and Blank. Uh.
1: Well, it's the Blank and the Blank. Uh,
0: the Horse and the Anvil. They're taverns.
1: <laughs> Your shows keep sounding more interesting than soap operas.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop guessing. Please just tell me. <laughs>
1: uh, it's the Young and the Restless and the Bold and the Beautiful.
0: Okay, okay. The Young and the Beautiful the bold and the
1: restless okay so uh this is uh we've got a preview of of these four which would you like to hear young and restless bold and beautiful general hospital or days of our lives i'll read you i'll read you the subtitles okay uh young and the restless billy suspects phyllis general hospital valerie continues her ruse bold and the beautiful cj makes a decision days of our lives andre is locked away
0: Okay, let's go through this point by point. First of all, remind me of the first one again.
1: Uh, Billy suspects Phyllis.
0: Suspects Phyllis. That one does seem kind of interesting, so I'm going to come back to that. The second one, Alice continues her ro- her ruse. Mm-hmm. So that kind of seems like kind of just filling time. A lot of like, okay, this isn't the plot where or the one where she establishes her ruse. It's not the one where her ruse is inevitably uncovered. So that's super
1: interesting, right?
0: Side. Remind me what the third one was?
1: Uh, CJ makes a decision.
0: Which is, yeah, I mean, you can't fault it there. That is the
1: crux of drama. Like,
0: CJ makes a decision. But what if the decision was like to wear the red shirt instead of the blue shirt? That feels risky.
1: Uh, it appears to be whether he's going to join the Spectra gang.
0: Oh, that sounds fun. (laughs) I hope it's a literal ghost thing. Okay, and then remind me what the last one was.
1: Andre is locked away. Oh,
0: see, that sounds juicy as heck. Okay, let's do that one. I bet Andre's innocent. Yeah, let's do that one.
1: Andre holds a press conference and charges Kate and Roman with having a secret affair, which I guess you can do at a press conference now. After Andre heard Kate throwing him under the bus with the board members and then seeing the kiss with Roman, Andre feels that he's being sabotaged, says portrayer Tau pengilis. Tau pengilis. So he thinks the best thing to do is bring everything out into the open. Roman jumps to Kate's defense and Andre realizes his stunt has backfired. He tries to regain control and volunteers to let Marlena evaluate his mental competence. Marlena, in quotes, I don't think it's the real Marlena gladly takes him up on his offer hattie who has a score to settle with andre for double crossing her declares him insane when hasn't committed to bayview when andre is carried away in a straitjacket i think there is the fear that he's not getting out this time notes pangliss at bayview andre comes in contact with john and marlena to see marlena in the same place it's like they were playing mental games with andre states pangliss until he realizes the gravity of what has happened does so good you want to watch that
0: follow-up question before i answer that how long if not already do you think it will be before the plots of these four shows just becomes computer generated i mean i think it
1: it, it's possible it already is um maybe some union rules are keeping it from being but it does seem a little just (laughs) like yeah i don't know you need names and you need but okay but i will i will contract with like when i was flipping through this reading various plots like I found myself like it's it's obviously all very silly, but I also found myself saying, oh, what a fair amount. So, like, I don't know. That's sort of hard to program in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking because I am a big fan of at least the first two seasons of Jane the Virgin. I mm-hmm. don't know if I can go after the second season and finale not because like I felt betrayed as a viewer necessarily, but more because like the end of that season was so emotionally difficult for me because I was so attached to these characters that it's like, I don't know. I don't know if I can keep like exposing my raw little heart to this sort of trauma.
1: (laughs) Really? Um, I, so I haven't, I don't think I've watched Jane, the Virgin. Maybe I watched an episode. Um, but, like, how melodramatic is it? Like, how, like, whoa, that's crazy.
0: I mean, so the conceit of it is that, like, it make, it's supposed to make fun of the telenovela, right? Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be like, oh, look how funny it is that everything is so melodramatic. But it actually is pretty melodramatic. And the main character is, like, this very level-headed woman um, who is just trying to make logical decisions based off of the information she has. She's a very relatable character. Um, but, like, she just finds herself subjected to all these insane melodramatic soap opera style situations.
1: i see so she's like the only sane person theoretically well
0: theoretically yes um i think as she finds herself more and more dragged into this world of like but there's actually a twin i don't know why i keep (laughs) going back to the twin one as like the the especially crazy soap opera trope but that really sticks with me
1: (laughs) i mean it's pretty crazy well also it's like it's like a classic like Eh, we wanted a cheap way to bring back this character because like I think soap opera viewers like become very attached to the characters um and so like if someone gets killed off for a moment of drama and then later you're like "Eh, we want them back because it like brings in viewers like you just make up a twin or whatever
0: yeah um yeah exactly
1: um but
0: like I think as you sort of get through the second season, she finds herself more and more dragged into this world. And it does sort of become more genuinely melodramatic and soap opera So that's a concern I have for that series going forward.
1: Um, Wait, so does that take you out yeah. of it or not? Like, it sounded like you were engaged enough that it was kind of like, hmm? Like, your trouble was that it was too much, not, not serious enough.
0: Well, okay, the reason, like, I think that that's a genuine, like intellectual criticism that i can have of the show but i can still enjoy watching the show Mm. i can put that aside and still watch the show the reason i can't watch the show anymore is because like you did what i'm sorry this is too much for me
1: (laughs) (laughs) do you think you could get to that place with a more traditional soap opera where the melodrama is cranked way up um and maybe
0: absolutely without a doubt I have, I, I really have really low standards for whatever I, whatever television I consume. I mean, I totally
1: get like, I, I think it's the just like, it's, it's the mix between the time filler during the day and the, um, uh, just endlessness of it. Because to me, that's very like podcasty where like, yeah, you, you, there are definitely podcasts where I've kind of been on the edge. I'm like, eh, am I like, is this enough? Is this really worth my hour or half hour or whatever? Um, and then you kind of like cross a border where you just kind of like feel like, you know, the hosts and you're like, yeah, I just like listening to them. I want to see what's up with Luke and Laura, you know? So yeah, I, I definitely get that. Like I could get into it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think the reason that like with the podcasts, it's interesting because like, it's the complete absence of risk that I find very soothing. And that like, honestly, at some a certain point. That's what keeps me back coming back week after week is like. I would just really like to listen to you guys sort of tell me about the doldrums of your life. And there's nothing really at stake here. Right. But it's like the reason that I can't continue to watch Jane, the Virgin is like something so disruptive happened that I simply cannot.
1: <laughs> Do you think, uh, I read somewhere that like, um, the, like one theory that some like a uh, producer soap opera producer had for like why the popularity of soap operas he was just like yeah i think people people want an equal mix of wow i wish i was like that and oh man glad that's not me um i mean do you think that like the the level of melodrama just cranked way up sort of like gives you a, enough of a move that maybe it would be more doable because you're like oh look nice things ah good i'm glad that's happening to those other people who aren't me
0: Can I ask you a question in response to your question?
1: Ooh, the old turnaround. Do
0: you think that the reality show has replaced the
1: soap opera? I 100% believe this because it fits all the same needs. Uh, You know, I think one reason that um, soap operas have been canceled and have been going down is because they get less viewership. But another one is that they are still more expensive than reality shows and... um, uh, you know, your your Judge Judy type shows uh, and game shows, stuff like that. Um, every time you have to write a script, even if it's like kind of dashed off, it's there's a lot of people involved, which is why we need to get um, uh, neural networks writing these things. But yeah, yeah, I think that really is it. I, I saw somewhere that uh, like reality shows were initially referred to as like um, docu soaps. This idea, it's like kind of a documentary, but it's like also mostly just about melodrama.
0: I wish that they were called that.
1: Yeah, it would be better. I feel like
0: there's a lot of honesty in that, and I really appreciate it. I think, um... I mean, yeah. I guess that would be offensive to documentarians, because there is a lot of uh, fabrication that goes into creating a reality show. Yeah, I mean... We're just going to have you call your friend Sophie like you would on any other day and have a perfectly naturalistic conversation about this fight you had last night.
1: Here, have a little more to drink. A little more to drink. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) There is no food. But have some more to drink. You know what fills your body? And please make
0: sure to call this woman and talk about these
1: things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. That feels like a real lust to me because I I think I just like... When when they're all actors like uh, there's a lot in this uh, soap opera digest about like uh what the actors are like and they they actually all seem quite genuine and nice and like they know they're doing a thing that's like eh, it's a bit much sometimes but it's pretty fun and i think the character's doing blank sure or whatever Sure they
0: pay every week and that's great
1: yeah um i saw somewhere in here that uh forest whitaker is going to be on an episode soon like um <laughs> and there was that whole um james franco had a role in general hospital for a little while because he was like nah That'd be a fun thing to change it up um
0: i mean we all know james franco is a super weirdo and we love him for that
1: yeah but uh but i think i think i i find that much more appealing because like oh yeah this is all crazy but it's a fun story we're telling and you can maybe draw things from that where reality shows mostly make me sad because it seems like those people are trying to live that character to chase after some horrible about- cultural cachet we've created
0: what about the reality shows about already famous fe- people? Like for example, God rest his soul, unusually thick. Okay,
1: well the name was great.
0: Why was that the <laughs> name? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> because it's a normal thing that we all say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um in <laughs> it's response so in response to your question, I'd like to give you, um, this is the Editor's Choice Digest. Salutes the best in soap. Salute. Um, this is a, a, a plot summary from a recent um, Bold and the Beautiful. Uh, I don't know. A lot of different things happens. Uh, this couple gets together. Um, or they're like they're kind of breaking up. The woman's like, fine, take the documents. They're yours. Uh, and he's like good and then she starts to walk away and then we hear the documents being torn up because it was a test it was a test the whole time for to see if she really loved him because the documents meant something somehow um, so we pick up after that uh Let's see. Suddenly a tearing sound was heard as Eric ripped up the documents. It had all been a test and Quinn had passed, proving her love and loyalty and earning Eric's forgiveness. But as the recommitted lovers embraced beneath Quinn's portrait, a burst of thunder and lightning rang out. And the ivory-hued image of the current Forrester matriarch suddenly transformed into a portrait of Sheila, a devil in red with a black
0: as white band <laughs> drops.
1: Then her sinister likeness came to life and smiled at the camera. <laughs> Tell me when reality shows can do that for me.
0: That's for real, though. Mm-hmm. That's for real. You know, I, I think that's my favorite moment of any soap opera, when they get real crazy like that. Um, you know what I'll say? Do you remember? I mean, you weren't alive for this. No, I remember. But do you recall a show called Soap? Uh, Yeah, 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 with Billy Crystal. Um, Yeah, was, I think um... we discussed it on our episode
1: about soap. <laughs> and I
0: think Ron, Rodney Dangerfield is on it, or some sort of Rodney Dangerfield-esque person.
1: Uh, maybe, I don't know. I don't really remember soap, other than that it was on like Comedy Central and you know the middle of the day.
0: For sure, yeah. for sure, like like a soap opera. Mm, yeah, makes sense. Um, but I think that that show, which was a clear parody of soap operas,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, also in its later seasons suffered from the same thing that I worry Jane the Virgin is suffering from, in which like uh, now it's kind of just actually a soap opera.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like you all... can only
0: make fun of these tropes so many times.
1: This is the thing about irony, we know this. You do it enough times, you're just doing it.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I think it was like real like season 3 soap, but I think there's 3 seasons. Um, there's like a whole arc where they have a baby that gets gets possessed by a demon. <laughs> uh, uh well, makes sense. I think yeah. that was great. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> Well, there was too. I forgot
1: that uh, the the there was a soap opera called Dark Shadows, um, which was eventually made into a, a remade um, as a movie with Johnny Depp, I think. But um, it was a soap opera in a soap opera yeah. style, but it just like had supernatural things as part of it, and I was just like, oh, "All right, like
0: very, uh, very Twilight."
1: Oh yeah, very Twilight. Twilight could have been a pretty good soap opera too, like a, a teen soap opera, of course. If it was just a little less dramatic. While we're discussing
0: my media consumption habits, there is a new Netflix show called Friends from College. Um, Keegan Michael Key created it, um, of Key and Peele. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in it, he's a struggling writer and in order to make some money, he sells out, in quotes, and starts writing teen supernatural dramas. (laughs) And so (laughs) He meets with this, like, w- successful supernatural teen writer, um, and she just has this, like, super buff husband who she treats like an object. She's a fantastic character. <laughs> Sounds good. Why? Uh, are- yeah, she's like, just do some push-ups really like, fast for me. <laughs> uh, so what you need to do is find find something that is terrifying that you would want to have sex with. <laughs>
1: I mean, okay, this I feel like this all fits in. I see why the supernatural fits into uh these melodramas, especially teen melodramas for some reason. Maybe we trade more in metaphor when we deal with our young people. But um
0: That fear is a metaphor for our fear of growing up.
1: Uh yeah, that's probably part of it. Our changing bodies, unknowing not knowing the future, uh unknowing the future, which is like a sort of like uh eternal sunlight, sunshine of the spotless mind kind of thing. Um Who will I become? Hmm. I don't know. Do soap opera characters care about that? Is that like, that's only a theme in teen soap operas, huh? It feels very just Uh, like.
0: Yeah, I think many um, sort of adult soap operas, you kind of start with a character who is extremely well defined. um, And then they change in some small way. And that is extremely significant.
1: Right. Because they've only changed a little bit. And that way, I think it really mirrors life. So true. Yeah. I can get on board with this sort of just like formless, shapeless, not necessarily uh, (laughs) well-directed narrative, because that's
0: what life is. So what you're proposing to me is sort of a teen supernatural sexy drama about the blob.
1: Yeah, you 100% read it. Uh, So what do you think? Um, Three, four million dollars. Nice. Another big one for Tim. Gosh. Gosh. What will Tim do with his newfound riches? Find out next week. Until then, that's Captain Cogan over there.
0: And Tim Dobbs over here. Ooh, bye! Bye!
2: bye.